you'll never be nothing. What is up, y'all? Here we are, Requiem for Tuesday, another episode. Here I am, Adam Pecora. Just like to say, what's up? So we got some stuff to cover. Um, first off, <coughs> it was the Super Bowl, the best day of the year, my absolute favorite day of the year, hands down. Um, probably that and Thanksgiving, if we're going to talk like holiday style, because to me, I mean, that's 100% what it is. It is a pure celebration. You know, you get the 30 rack the night before. I've been buying, the uh, last two years, been buying the pizza the night before. Now, this depends on both your patience and your willingness to reheat. Um, and your, like, thoughts on, like, is reheated pizza the same? I think it is. If you do it in the oven, you take the time, you do it right. Um, sometimes it's better. Uh, so I'm firm on that. And I've been doing it, yeah, so night before, and then, you know, whenever I need it, it's there for me. However much I want, there's no rush. Um, I mean, delivery, you're talking wait times. You got to get that thing early anyway. Um, uh, my thing, just get it the night before, get your beer the night before, uh, I did not get the snacks, which was a problem, but then we ended up getting a bunch because people came through, so that worked out great. But, yeah, just night before it, and then just make Sunday your day. Like, as far as I was concerned, I was on vacation. I might as well have been in Miami for the game. I was sold on all of it. It was great. I had a great time. Um, I did have to take an Adderall to keep myself in the game, but that's okay. You know, no harm in that. I I went a little too hard too quick, and next thing I knew, it was like 3.30. I was about to fall asleep. Game didn't start till 5.30. Uh, but we rallied together, and it all worked out. Uh, you know, you get leftover beer, you get leftover food. I mean, it, it, it's just perfect, and it's the Super Bowl. And uh, the, game was, the game was pretty good. You know, it was kind of all of the theories expected, Rolled into one. I mean, we kind of, ex- we didn't expect that much from, you know, San Francisco's offense. We expected them to run the ball pretty effectively, and I think that they did that. But it clearly wasn't enough, and they clearly didn't do it enough. I mean, I get, I mean, I guess I don't get it. I was going to say I get that you probably wouldn't throw 10 passes in the Super Bowl. But their whole thing was that, like, well, it worked, so we did it this way. And it's like, well, kind of was working the whole time in the Super Bowl. You kind of just stopped. It's like, I get you don't want to just have that be your game plan, but, like, why not? Like, if it works, you should just do whatever works. It doesn't need to be like, oh, well, they think we're going to run, so now we're going to throw. And it's like, well, clearly it's not doing much. Just pound the rock. Um, But that's okay. I mean, I was rooting for the Chiefs. I had the AFC coming out uh, as soon as the NFC Championship game was set. I was like, there's no way. There's no way the Packers or the 49ers are beating either the Titans or the Chiefs. Like, there was just no way. And uh, I looked wrong for basically the entire game. Chiefs didn't look great. Mahomes looked uncomfortable. But, I mean, we expected that, too. The Niners' D has been great. We all have, I mean, everybody's talked about that. It's all been well known. So... I mean, they made the plays when they needed to make them. And they, I mean, they scored three touchdowns in like four or five minutes, it felt like. like <laughs> They went from having 10 to 31, all with like less than half the quarter left. It was insane. They shouldn't have even had the ball three times. But, 
you know, that's the nature of how they play, and we should saw it coming. Congratulations to Kansas City, Patrick Mahomes, uh, most probably the most talented quarterback I've ever seen play. Not that I'm like, not that I've been around forever, but I mean, based on video, and I mean, clearly, like this is the most, like this generation or this century has been the group of the most talented quarterbacks now. I mean, you throw a guy like Marino into the modern day, he probably would have torched everything because, I mean, he was there, like, right when the modern passing game boom kind of started, but he put up crazy numbers for the 80s. He put up good, he put up what would be, like, lead-leading numbers for now, like, 40 years ago almost. Uh, So, I mean, yeah, there's certain things here and there where it's like, yeah, we don't really know how this would have went, but, I mean, for the most part... I mean, just, like, watching... It's just, like, when you see Curry, like, the, they announced in by, like... Well, it was, like, his first MVP year that we all started to say, oh, well, this is the best shooter of all time. And it's like, yeah, he didn't have any of the numbers to back it up yet because he's too young. He just hasn't been in the league long enough. But it's like, you just watch this, and it's like, this guy's clearly doing things that other people have never been able to do before. And I think... uh Patty Mahomes is right there, and they could probably. I think that if anybody could win six Super Bowls, it's the guy who's twenty-four and is clearly head and shoulders more talented than everybody else. Um, I I would I would say he's more talented than Lamar Jackson on like a purely quarterback standpoint, but I mean Lamar Jackson is clearly more talented like as an all-around football player but that doesn't make you know what I mean you're gonna need to make the throws more than you're gonna need like big runs because you could run it never as a quarterback and uh still do a lot of amazing things so I mean that's where that gets complicated but either way I mean I think that both of those guys will be that might be the next big rivalry, at least as of right now, who we've got, because it doesn't really seem like anybody getting drafted is doing much. You know, uh, I mean, Kyler Murray won Rookie of the Year, but, like, what does that mean? I mean, uh, they're not making the playoffs next year. So, well, we'll see. I mean, there's got to be some guy who's going to come to the league and be like, okay, we're taking over now. Or... Maybe not, and it'll just be a pure like Chiefs dominance thing. I mean, it's gonna be interesting to see going forward. But God, I love the Super Bowl. I always take the next day off. That's another tip. All right, do not go to work the day after the Super Bowl, regardless of what your condition is. It's not like you have to party and go wild. You can just enjoy the game. But it's just like you know what? Like, let me enjoy myself. You know, because you're. I mean, odds are you're gonna have the Super Bowl off of work. That's Sorry for my retail friends out there. Um, I know how that goes. It's absolutely the worst. I requested the Super Bowl off as far in advance as I possibly could when I was in that scenario. When it was like, oh, I might have to work. I was like, that. there's no way I'm going to let this happen. Because um, when I was younger, when I was like 18, 19, working like my first couple jobs, I absolutely did not schedule it off and I absolutely was scheduled to work every time and it's like there's no way all these other people are requesting it off I think that like you just really just like like they schedule it normal like it's not a thing which is like I guess fine because like I mean I guess you can't assume that everybody's just like super into the Super Bowl but 
Jesus Christ. It, and it would be like my shift would end and it would be half time and I'd have to like speed home to catch the second half. Um, which worked out great for Patriots Falcons. Because then when you're at work, you know, you're walking around, you're doing whatever, and then, like, you're checking scores whenever you can, or, like, you're watching the game cast on your breaks, and it's like, oh, my God, what's happening? You know, and you catch some highlights in the break room, but you're just like, what the fuck? This is insane. And then I got home, like, right at the start of the third quarter, I remember, and it was just magic. So to me, that is the best game I've ever seen, but that's because I only saw the first half in highlights and didn't actually watch it. Because, I mean, that would have been brutal. Absolutely would have been brutal. I mean, it was cool, actually, to watch the Falcons, like, execute that well. That's the thing that I'm always into is, like, everybody said that, I remember, like, the Seahawks-Broncos Super Bowl. That everybody's like, oh, that was terrible. And so, but I was like, watching Dominance is pretty crazy, too, because this was, like, an elite, elite offense and, like, the defense was never this good, and it's like to watch a game plan be executed so well, I think, is really entertaining. Um, I also like really liked that Seahawks team, so it was like cool to watch that get validated and like, you know, a team that you're at least kind of rooting for. Whereas, like, this Super Bowl, I had no real cards in it. Um, Could have gone either way, it would have been fine. You know, Jimmy G's from the, the Burbs of Chicago, so, you know, you rep Jimmy G. For life, um, he's crushing it out there, you know. Uh, dude's a stud, just living in Cali, just having a great time. Uh, gotta love that, you know. He's on a historic team. He just keeps winning games. So you know, Jimmy G will probably be back. He'll be better. Like he's he's barely gotten to be himself yet. So I mean, give Jimmy G some time. We love Jimmy G. I love Richard Sherman from that Seahawks team. I mean. How can you not love George Kittle? I mean, it's just like they're they're stacked. They got a lot of great players, but I I had no stakes either way. So that that it's always interesting to be like that's when the, I get that like the game would probably have to entertain you, um, because it's it's more than just another Sunday where you can watch any game that's on and it's like okay, well that game sucked. <laughs> I don't want to watch that team again. It's like, well, this is the all you got, and it's for all the marbles. So, like, if the game isn't great, I do understand why people would not like that. But I usually don't mind it if it, like, last year's I didn't mind because it was a defensive slugfest. Like, those teams were crushing it. Now, when the Rams had the ball, they kind of just sucked also, and that was less cool. But it was cool watching the Rams D go up against the Patriots offense and kind of shut it down, and they, like, really, like, neither team really had an answer for each other, and then it kind of flip-flopped for a second, but no, I don't know. Low scoring doesn't mean a bad game to me. Um, I think if the defenses are playing well and that's the reason why the game is low scoring, then it's definitely entertaining. I mean, I think if weather makes that a factor, then it sucks. Or, I mean, if the teams just go out and, like, blow it, like, you know, people are dropping passes, dudes are missing holes, falling down, whatever, then it's like, oh, God. So I get all that, but we got to wait another year now the next one and it kills me it's going to be brutal um i cannot wait until september so we can get this season started again it is the longest gap of the year i think that that's why i've i've really noticed time going by a lot faster lately and i think it's just because i've been so ingrained in the football season it's like i'm listening to all these radio shows and podcasts and i'm watching things on it and i'm just trying to keep up with all the news at all times like i i, I think this year i was way more invested than i'd been in a long time 
and it felt great, and I loved every second of it. Um, I wish, you know, I wish there was a little more drama in the playoffs. The Titans definitely provided some, or they provided a lot. They made it all the way to the title game, but I think that number one seeds winning all the time, it's just not as interesting as it could be. And, yeah, I'd like a little more drama, but I cannot wait for next season, and I think that it is, I mean, it's going to be awesome. But I think that time is definitely going to slow down for me going forward. Uh, my Sundays are now wide open. Uh, <laughs> so if anybody, you know, if you got any suggestions, maybe some hobbies, I could take up knitting or something, we'll get to that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, get your Super Bowl festivities right, y'all. Uh, you got a whole nother year to make up for whatever lackluster bullshit ideas you had. You know, you got to make it fun. You got to worship the day, okay? Um, fuck Christmas. Fuck your birthday. It's the Super Bowl. Pay attention, okay? Uh, but moving on from that, we don't got to keep digging that hole. So I've just been thinking of, like, what it must be like. Lately, I've just been analyzing what it must be like to be involved in, like, film production. More so on the actor's part of it. Like, I don't know. I'm. This isn't, like, any groundbreaking thinking. But just personally, I've really been noticing, like, oh, so that's just a guy in a regular room. Like, the room that I'm in, let's say. And he's pointing, like, there's a camera pointed at him. And he's just being crazy. Like, you know what I mean? Like, if you watch, like, a a Will Ferrell scene where he's just, like, screaming at the top of his lungs. And, like, how does everybody keep that together? But how does that guy channel that? Uh, I always find that fascinating. And lately I've just been fixated on it more in, like, extreme character roles. So, like, that guy's funny and he's a performer. Like, so that one makes more sense. So you can put that together because you know a guy who will do that. I mean, if you get me in the right state at the right time, I might be that guy. So, like, things like that make sense. But, I mean... Like, Daniel Day-Lewis, like, walking around as um, the guy, in, as Daniel Plainview, like, for months. <laughs> Could you imagine trying to encounter Daniel Plainview in 2008? Like, in the mo- in modern America, <laughs> this guy is literally a time traveler, as far as you're concerned, because he's just crushing it like that the whole time. It's like that level of intensity and seriousness. And so, like, that character is so... It is so inside of Daniel Day-Lewis. Like, he has such become another person that, like, could you even imagine... That's Could you even imagine him, like, going back to normal? Like, that's almost where method acting and, like, staying in character makes sense. Could you imagine they say cut and he just, like, is chilling, like, has his regular accent back, and he's like, yeah, what's up, guys? You know, like, oh, man, that was a crazy take, huh? I could really use some biscuits or some shit, you know? Like, give me a glass of water. No. Like, when you're that guy, you've got to be that guy. Like, that one makes sense. I don't get method acting when it's like you're just, like, you're not changing that much about yourself. Like, yeah, you want to be in, like, their state of mind or whatever. That part I don't really understand. My thing is, like, if you have, like, a whole voice and persona that's, like, completely not yours that you kind of had to create... Um, yeah, it would make sense to do it all the time, I would think, because, I mean, if your accent slips up and that gets caught in the movie and maybe you don't notice it while you're making it, but then like, oh, okay, um, here's the final cut and this guy clearly breaks and it's like, well, this makes this clearly a movie now. Um, 
and I think that the goal of a movie, at least like the goal of like the movie, there will be blood. I would think, not the goal, but a goal, is to show, like this is a guy, you know, <laughs> this happened. You you do not want to cross this guy. This was a real person, and he did terrible unbelievable things for power and greed and it's like well if that accent slips up and you're like oh well that's daniel day lewis i'm out it's over and i mean the guy just disappears uh i guess that's really what i'm amazed by i mean thinking about like just some dude in a room just being wild on camera i mean i that's when i realized that i do not think i could be an actor like for sure um just thinking about like okay camera's on just transform um i'm out <laughs> that seems really I, I think I'm too shy for that The char- it's weird like the charisma actors would have to have to do that but then like when they aren't open and sharing in interviews and stuff it's kind of weird because it's like isn't your whole thing how you're like this wild person who performs for people but then it gets complicated into like oh well, I'm in the art form so I, I don't know I get all sides of that but then because I watched I finally got to watch Phantom Thread. My DVD fucked up, and then I was just like, fuck it. I'll miss the two minutes that it always freezes at. And it was really just, it's the part where, like, she has to get her dress off. Like, that 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 old lady, I don't remember who she was. I want to say she was in, like, royalty or something. But it wasn't that central to the plot. But they needed her dress back, and she was, like, asleep in the dress. So he sent what's her name in there to go take the dress off of her because he wanted his dress back so whatever that was the part that i missed where she actually goes in the room i don't know if she actually goes in the room or if they cut to something else um but that's a part that i was not able to see and it drove me insane i was trying to get it right but i couldn't so i gave up i was like maybe the disc will just fix itself (laughs) or something or like if i try again maybe it'll just work tomorrow um was not that lucky but i needed to finish the movie and i did and it was phenomenal did not see the ending coming at all the whole time i was like where's this movie going and i was entertained the whole time the pacing was perfect everybody was perfect johnny greenwood again was unbelievable with the score i was totally enthralled the whole time and the best part about that is that it's a topic that I would almost never be interested in. Like, you show me that plot line any, by any other person, really, and I'm not going to watch that movie. I mean, I think if... I, I tend to lump these two guys together a lot, but I think if it was either PTA or Quentin Tarantino with that as, like, the description of what the movie's about, those are probably the only two guys where I'm like, I want to go see that. Um, because I think they would put the flair on it that's necessary to make that interesting. Because, I mean, imagine if there's, like, a, I don't know, even, like, a Steven Spielberg movie about a British dressmaker. That sounds like a pretty formulaic Oscar movie. That's it, And that's it. Like, the plot doesn't really matter. Everybody, like, you know what I mean? It's all about the costumes and the period. And, like, the story's not really there. And the characters aren't the same. Like, I definitely... It would it would have been written completely different. Obviously, it's Paul Thomas Anderson's like original idea. So I mean, clearly that's why it makes sense for him to have made it. But I'm just saying, like this exact type of movie, I feel like it's made at least once a year. 
Um, and it is never on my radar of any kind. And I think that's part of the reason why I didn't go see it when it came out. It's because I'm like, ah, oh, well, I mean, you know, I love Paul Thomas Anderson and, like, Johnny Greenwood. Love him. Uh, Daniel Day-Lewis, I've still only seen him in There Will Be Blood, but, I mean, that's one of the best performances I've ever seen. So it's like, okay, this is, like, everything about this sounds like it's going to be great, but then you go down to, like, oh, well, it's about, it's a period piece about a British dressmaker. And that's when you're, I mean, for me, that's just like, oh, that sounds so unappealing in every way. And they were, (laughs) and it was absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing the entire time. But, the reason why I finally brought that up was because if you compare his perform Daniel Day Lewis's performance in those two movies, it's like those are that's not the same guy at all. Like they don't look the same. Now I get like what like eight to ten ten years had passed. I think probably for production wise, probably ten years had passed. I I don't really know, but I think I think the release dates were like oh eight and twenty seventeen. So I mean like. You know, nine years had passed upon releases of the movies, if I'm thinking correctly. And it is, it's not the same guy. Like, it's it's way more than like, oh, that guy looks nine years older. It's like, that is a completely different face. And I understand that, like, obviously the Plainview character, he dressed different. He had a mustache and like, blah, blah, blah. But like, everything about him, it's just like, th- first of all, the guy in there, that is Daniel Plainview. And there will be blood. That accent is wholly original. It never breaks. And it doesn't seem like it's coming from the guy who's in Phantom Thread. Which I think also isn't Daniel D. Lewis's actual accent. I think he disappeared into that accent too. I don't know. Um, But it's just absolutely enthralling. So if you haven't seen Phantom Thread, please do. If you haven't seen There Will Be Blood, please do. If you haven't seen probably seven of Paul Thomas's Anderson's movies, you should go do that. Um, I got to admit, I don't get inherent vice. I think I talked about this already, but uh, I'm thinking about doing a ranking, like an official ranking episode coming up. Um, it'll either be that or it'll be PTA versus Tarantino. Because um, I do think their careers went on weird. They're like they're weirdly similar timelines for the beginning and then they kind of diverged and really like i don't think it's correlated like necessarily in any way at all but like their careers definitely went down like a similar path and then kind of dramatically straight away but at the same time they kind of kept on the same path as each other like in story type Because, I mean, okay, so it's like the low-budget movie, and then that movie gets them the bigger-budget movie, which is the more successful, like, is a hugely successful movie. Both of those times on Tarantino, it's more money involved. So it's a bigger budget to begin with, makes more money. Then it's a bigger budget for the second movie, makes more money. Like, you know what I mean? So his was just amplified. Um, and then third movie was like, all right, well now I'm going to, you know, really do my thing. And like, this one's all, this one's like all for me. You know what I mean? Like, this is all the movie. This is purely like, (laughs) I mean, I feel like they're always making the movie they want to make. So it's hard to word it like that, but it's like, okay, well like now there's no pressure. 
you know, because, like, there was no pressure, then there was a ton of pressure, then I delivered. Okay, well, now the pressure's off again. So let me just cruise to what I want. And that turns out two completely different movies in Jackie Brown and then, um, what am I thinking of? Magnolia. But I think that it's just the same path. I don't know. It's weird. Uh... I would really have to break it down, and that would be the goal of that episode. But I see a lot of parallels between them, even in style at the beginning. And they're probably my two favorite guys, you know, two top directors uh, that I can think of off the top of my head. Who knows? You know, these lists you really got to dive deep for sometimes. You know, there are times when people ask me who my favorite musicians are, and I leave out, you know, if I, li- if I give them like three or four names... I'll realize, like, oh, I didn't say who my second favorite is. It just slipped my mind. You know, it's, like, weird to get put on the spot when it's like, okay, what do you like? And it's like, oh, all I love talking about is what I like, but now that you asked me to, I don't, I don't fucking know. It's, it's the most ironic situation. So, yeah, go see those movies. Uh, let me know what you think of them. Um, there was also something that I brought up before. Um, that I don't think is like an issue or anything. Uh, it's just something I felt like I needed to clear up. So I did mention, um, obviously, multiple times that my background is in graphic design, and I noticed that I know that like the general artwork for this podcast and like the, the YouTube videos specifically are like technically not well made and that is the point so i did i think i barely referenced and then ran through it how the entire like the entire name of the show was based off that parks and rec episode where ben wyatt makes his own uh stop motion movie um so the title screen you see for like half a second is clearly made in like windows movie maker like the whole thing probably was and that's just how the title was on there. I believe it was a capital F and a capital A. Um, but it was just in quotes, in black. And it looked like it was an aerial from what I could tell. Uh, I didn't want to do the capitals because I don't like that look. And also, like, it needed to be a little different. So I'm not just straight up, like, using what's exactly on screen. I need to make it a little bit my own. You know, make it an... Uh, like a reference and an homage. Uh, obviously, I'm admitting like that's that's where I got it from. You know, I love that show and I love that little bit and I love just the name in general and everything about it. So that's where that came from. But the reason why, um, like the the cover art looks the way it does because that's basically how it was in the show and I wanted to keep true to that. Also, the thinking is that like a podcast is kind of a weird. It's like radio. You know, it's old school. So, like, why does it need to be that advanced, keeping everything super minimal and clean? And it's, like, I think, as I've mentioned, like, if I ever get into, like, doing shirt designs or whatever, you'll really kind of... It'll click more and it'll make more sense. It won't look just, like, shoddy. Uh, It's clearly an intentional thing and, like, there is a brand goal behind it. Um, And the reason for the YouTube videos, sorry, to be even a little more off is... Just the, I feel like that's a nice little touch. Like if I put the episode marker just a little bit off, and like not directly below where those letters, like not directly below fora, and like center it out, just how like it should look. Um, I think that that speaks to like the movie maker nature of the origin 
and it just all ties that together. Um, but yeah, there are brand goals in place that would exist that would make it all make more sense. But for now, it's going to continue to look just like I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, but just wanted to make it a note that I definitely kind of do a little bit. <laughs> so no worries on that front. Um, and then I had, so I had an idea a long time ago that I just had like, I don't know if I had a dream about it, but I woke up remembering it for some reason. And I think that it could be interesting. It would take somebody talented, (laughs) uh, to like fill in the meat and potatoes of what I'm saying. So I don't really even know how it would work. Uh, so I'm just going to throw it out there now and we'll see if anybody can come up with. (laughs) like a better idea or like a way to fill in this middle part so i had an idea for a movie but a guy who um for whatever reason he's so he's making dinner at his house and for whatever reason whatever his job is it's super important and like he is like pretty significant to that job and he gets a call from his boss whoever that may be you know whatever i'm thinking he may have to work for the government for this to make sense or he'd have to be like a high level executive maybe a lawyer I think that that would make the more s- most sense because I don't think anybody would care about a movie about a high-level executive because fuck those people. Uh, but his job would have to be important enough to where they're like, dude, you have to go right now. Like, there's a car downstairs. You have zero time. Like, you have to leave. Like, there's such an emergency that we already got all this figured out and we didn't even call you yet. Like, it's like you have to... Like, you know what I mean? So... There would have to be a way for that to be written out to make sense. And then basically what would happen is while he's in the car or when he gets to the airport or wherever he's going to to have to make it work out, he calls, let's say, I want to say his mother, his sister, maybe a close friend, whatever. Um, I think mother orig- like initially would be best. Maybe a stepmom. Um We'll see. Uh, you'll you'll get it as I go along. So he calls her and be like, "Hey, I think, I think I left my stove on. Like, I really need you to go to my place and like check and make sure because like I will not be back. You know what I mean? Like, I'm on a, I'm getting on a plane." And she's like, "Yo, I can't." And he's like, "What do you mean you can't? Like, please, I need you to do this." And she's like, "Nah, I can't. I'm doing whatever." And then. He's like, oh, fuck, all right, well, now what? So he thinks of who he can call next, a buddy, you know, whatever. And let's say he calls, like, six people in total, right? Um, and everybody says they can't, and then he's on the plane. The plane takes off, and it's like, whatever. And then he lands, and they're waiting for him when he lands. And so he's not, like, there's no phone. It's over. You know, he doesn't know what's going on. Um, And I think that it would cut back to him doing something between each thing. So (laughs) what would happen next, uh, so this will all tie together, is it would cut to a person entering his apartment. Now, it would never show their face. It would all be at angles to just, like, show their hands, like, their hand opening the knob and then, like, them doing this and them doing that. But it doesn't show who's who. Um... I would try to barely show outfits or everybody would kind of somehow be wearing a similar thing. Like Let's say everybody shows up in like gray, you know, so you can't really tell. But you can tell 
all of the body types of each person is kind of the other person, but we would like you'd have to like shoot everything ambiguous enough to where you never really know what anybody would look like. If that makes sense. So like let's say the mom was like I don't know. Let's say his mom was Helen Mirren for the fuck of it. It's not who it would be, of course, but um let's say at, when she's on the phone it either just shoots her face or it doesn't shoot her face you know it's like one of those phone angles where it's like the back of their head on the side because that's the easiest way to do whatever or it doesn't show her body when she's on the phone so you don't really know like what she looks like what she dresses like things like that so everything is like shrouded in a little bit of mystery each time and then it'll cut to one person entering the house and like turning the stove off and then they'll leave. And then somebody will come in and turn it on. And then they'll leave. And then it'll cut to the guy, like, doing a thing for, like, a little bit. Like, ten seconds. Like, his plot no longer matters. Um, as far as I'm concerned, I mean, unless there's a compelling reason to do it and, like, a good objective for it, absolutely, let's go for it. Um, and then it would cut back and back and back and back. And each time would be a different person going in and turning it off. And then they would all be like, okay, I, I was able to make it. I turned it off. And each person would tell him that. And then the apartment would catch fire and that would be it. All of his stuff would be gone. And it's like, wait a second. If everybody told me they turned it off, that means one of these people turned on. Because these are the only people I contacted. And I literally could not have gotten in touch with anybody else. I was busy working on my top secret thing the entire time. And blah, blah, blah. So it's like, well, who the fuck blew up the apartment? And then it's like a whodunit, you know, um, type thing. Knives Out got me thinking about this. I didn't see Knives Out. I still really want to see Knives Out. It looks great. Um, love a lot of the cast of that movie, but I haven't seen it. I think Helen Mirren's in that movie. Maybe that's where that came from. But I don't know if she is. Um, so yeah, that's, that, that, that's, uh, that's the gist of the idea for that movie. And I think that, um, clearly I don't have the capacity to write all of that out because I have put, uh, I haven't really put much thought into how it would work other than that, but it would be somebody who needs to know like actual camera setups that would have to like work on it, if that makes sense. Like, you couldn't really write this script without thinking of what the shots would look like because, I mean, it's a mystery and you have to keep certain things and certain people secret. And, yeah, I don't know. There's just no way that I could write that out to where it would make sense to me as, like, a filmable thing. Um, but I would love to see that. And I think that there's a way to do it. I just don't know what that way is. So there's my movie pitch of the week. <laughs> Uh, I'm sure there'll be plenty more to come. Still waiting on that limo cop development. Uh, I think that that is an absolutely golden idea. It could be an action sitcom, you know. also realize there's no sitcom set in a jail, which sounds both stupid and, like, how hasn't that happened? Now, it may have happened, but there hasn't been a successful one, and I just think of, like, Cheers and M.A.S.H., um, more so M.A.S.H., because <laughs> it's in a war and Cheers is just at a bar, but, I mean, like, you can easily do bottle sitcoms, like, and, like, their non-bottle episode, like, what would be their bottle episodes would be them leaving. I guess every sitcom is, like, a bottle sitcom. They're at apartments, and then there's very rarely other settings. But, I mean, like, just imagine, like, you know, just a bunch of prisoners having fun. 
<laughs> like it just I don't know it just seems like it would be a good idea and if there's a show like that I would love to watch it if it's good but we should make we should make one again well, let's make it good um, I think that there's a lot of opportunity there um, you could write about it forever there can be weird little things like they can still be like oh like we're going to the cafe you know like you know Friends has their cafe Frasier has theirs Seinfeld has the diner Blah, blah, blah. It's like, all right, I'm going to, like, we're going to go hang out in the cafeteria. You know, and it, and it could be all the exact same tropes just set in a prison. Like, that's basically what I want out of it. I don't want it to be any groundbreaking original thing. I think that that's what would make it funny is that if they treated it like a regular sitcom and nobody even really acknowledges that they're in prison, like, it's just how their life is, <coughs> that it would be a really effective way. And, like, they can talk about how they're having problems with their girlfriend or wife or whatever, but it's just, like, through letters and, like, and, like talk about their fights and stuff. So just imagine, like, any other sitcom exactly the way it was, but just set in a prison instead. Uh, I think that that would be awesome. But I think that that's also why I'm probably not making these decisions. Because that might not be a very good idea. To me, it sounds great. So, if anybody's interested, give me a call. And, uh, I don't know. I just like, uh, I like coming up with stuff. I'd like to be able to execute it. Like, I have two mobile, <laughs> I have two mobile restaurant ideas. Now, one is a traditional food truck. And that's because it has to be. And the other one isn't because it doesn't have to be which is better in every way. So I'm going to do the the idea that I think would function better as a food truck first. Um, that's probably a better practical idea that more people would be into, but it's the idea that I like a little bit less. Anyway, um, I haven't come up with a set name for this concept yet, but uh, Bellhop was my original one. Um, and we'll just leave it at that for right now. And then, like, it would be kind of stylized, like, in, like a like a fancy hotel or like an apartment building with a doorman, like in Manhattan or something. Like whatever that uniform or like logo or you know what I mean, like letterhead would look like. Like that would be the whole style, and it would be in like a like a posh, like dark. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what the word posh means. This that's way too uh, highbrow for this guy. Uh, but it would be in, like, yeah, you know, it would just be, like, fancy-looking, <laughs> I guess, is the easiest way to put it. Like, it would just look like a hotel, hospitality style. And everything would be served in bell peppers. Like, that would be the bowl. Like, they'd be hollowed out, tops off, and let's say, oh, today's chili. Fill up the chili, boom, soup, mac and cheese, whatever. So basically all that would be need to be done is, let's say there's four yeah, let's say we have four going at a time. So every day you just make chili mac and then, you know, a soup and a whatever. So you just make four things. Let's say it's three. Maybe some days it's two. Maybe some days it's one. Whatever. So, and then that's all you do. You just have a bunch of peppers. You fill those up. You wrap them in foil. You hand it to people. Boom, boom, boom. One guy just has to prep a bunch of fucking peppers. <laughs> you know, it's really not that tough. And I think food trucks already, like, super up their prices, and yeah, I think that would be cool. Everybody likes peppers, you know, fucking love peppers. At the end, you get to eat pepper, you know, it's nice. Um, anyway, so that's one. The other reason, I mean, like, 
from a practical perspective, I know that like food trucks are a lot of money to run. So that's why the second idea I think is a little bit better, but it's probably terrible. But I love it because my personal favorite food, like maybe favorite food, period. But definitely what I eat more than anything is peanut butter and jelly. Now, it took me a really long time to get my peanut butter and jelly lineup set to where it needs to be. So for a long time, I don't know what bread I was getting, because uh, we're talking like years and years back now. Uh, but it, it just wasn't right. Like I could just tell it wasn't right. And then King's Hawaiian finally started releasing sliced loaves of bread, and I fucking lost my shit. I was like, you have got to be fucking kidding me. This is what I have been looking for my entire life. So my lineup was King's Hawaiian, Peter Pan Creamy, and uh, Smuckers, I think. Jelly. Grape. And uh, it did me good for a lot of years. And then uh, I started to work at Whole Foods, basically, and I was just like, I can't be eating this garbage. Because all three of those are just purely, like, chemical-based things. (coughs) And it got in my head because I'm eating these things, like, all day, every day, all the time. Like, I would eat at least two a day guaranteed no matter what. Sometimes it would be four. Very rarely it would be, like, six, but whatever. Um, and I was like, I got to chill this out. So then I had to start, like, looking through peanut butters. And it was like, each one I tried, like, either sucked. It was too grainy. It was too oily. It wasn't sweet. Like, it was bland, whatever. It was dry. You know, like, it's not as easy as you think. And then I stumbled upon what is the greatest peanut butter I've ever had in my entire life. We're talking peanut butter and company smooth operator, ladies and gentlemen. And yes, this podcast is now devoted to talking about peanut butter and jelly because I am that serious about it. Okay? And it is that important. So please eat that peanut butter. You'll It'll change your fucking life. I later landed on uh, Copelinger's bread. Super long loaves. Last a nice amount of time. All natural ingredients. Cheap prices. And guess what? The middles are so soft. And, like, the middles are really long. So you're talking, you get, like, 10 to 12 pieces in a row that are beautifully spongy and delicious. It's almost like eating cake. But, like, without the sweetness, it's perfect bread. I absolutely love it. And then uh, we go with the classic, uh, what is the brand of jelly I buy? Wow. Uh, I feel disloyal right now which is pretty upsetting to me. Crofters. That's what it is. Uh, So crofters, either Concord or strawberry. I'm good either way. Prefer the grape, but that's all right. Um, And also, where the hell are these Concord grapes? I remember I went to Knott's Berry Farm in California when I was a kid. I don't know. That place is amazing, by the way. It's like, it's crazy. It's a farm and a theme park. And it's like, it's like what everybody in like elementary school like it's like that's a field trip that you would go on like the farm part but that would be the whole thing and you'd be like this is stupid you know because it has like all those little rooms and like you learn a little stuff whatever but there it was cool because it's like in between your rides like you're going to eat it's like all right well, we'll check out this thing i don't really remember much about it but i know that it was really dope and I'm pretty sure they sold a bunch of fresh jam, and it was, like, amazing. So that's a whole nother factor. Give me some fresh jam. Um, Jesus. Uh, remember when your mom would drop you off at the movies with a, <laughs> a jar of jam and a little spoon? Uh, classic Friends line. I'll never forget that one. Uh, that show, 
I understand why people love it. I understand why people hate it. It used to be my favorite, and uh, this is my freestyle. Uh, I'm I'm right in the middle. I think that it was pretty good at the beginning, was trying a little too hard, then hit a stride for a little bit, and then went completely off the rails. It was just too big, and they couldn't handle it, and everybody was a caricature, and like completely changed, and it was stupid. Um, it became just like the fucking Big Bang Theory, basically. But anywho, that's a great line. Um, so yeah, Knott's Berry Farm was dope. They had some really good rides. Uh, underrated theme park. Probably doesn't get talked about often enough, but I don't know. I haven't watched the Travel Channel in like 10 years. I've heard that it's changed, and I'm really disappointed in that because it was pretty essential in my life for a long time. Now, Crofter's Jelly. <laughs> I'm sorry I forgot about you. Um, wash those down with a nice guiyaki or mate, and uh, life is amazing. That is the greatest drink on earth, and I would, that would be my number one choice for a sponsorship on uh, of anything. If I if I ever am in a position to get sponsored by anyone for any reason, it would be guiyaki. I don't know how to pronounce that. I don't know how to pronounce any of their stuff, but I love it. It is the best. The mint, in can or glass glass bottle. Both versions slightly different, both equally amazing and life-changing. So, my idea for this peanut butter and jelly uh, expenditure, it's called Adam Schmackums. Because in my head, I call them Schmackums, a peanut butter both sides, a little bit of jelly in the center to give you a nice gooey, a nice gooey middle with a little starburst quality. Not starburst, like a gusher almost. It's like, okay, this is all bread and peanut butter, and then like, not all bread and peanut butter, but it's like when you bite it, if you bite like a, the end of a gusher, it's like, okay, well, that's a gummy. And it's like, oh, damn, well, now there's a gusher. So I kind of place my jelly like it's a gusher. Like you get a light coating around all of the bread, and then there's a little bit thicker of an amount in the center. There's an art to it. Uh, <laughs> don't worry. Uh, so I call those in my head. And then, uh, so basically it'd be like little carts. Like, you know how there's like the tamale guys going around or like, uh, in New York, like the hot dog guys, you know, it'd be like that, but like get PB and J, and uh, yeah, that's basically it. I don't really need to dive down into all the little details that I have in my head because man, they're super, super deep for no reason. I've really thought this through because I just really love peanut butter and jelly. So, if anybody wants to make that happen, you let me know, I can get it going pretty cheap. But anyway, uh, so this has been a ridiculous podcast so far. I understand that. Like I said, you know, still getting the hang of it. Uh, still trying to figure out what exactly is going on. Uh, this is just fun for me. It's a good thing to get out. So <laughs> apologize if you didn't want to hear the 15 minute expenditure on how to make a good peanut butter and jelly sandwich. But also uh, you should learn because it's pretty important because your kids are going to hate your cooking and they're going to hate your peanut butter and jelly, especially because you don't know what you're doing and you don't put any thought into it. Okay, get your fucking Wonder Bread out of here, Tina. We don't need it. We don't want it. Nobody likes it. I don't know how things like this keep going. You know what I mean? It's like uh, when you see somebody like go to like a subway or whatever and they're like, I'll have a turkey and cheddar. Just plain. Nothing on it. Just plain. It's like, okay, well, first of all, why did you go to a place to order that? Um, I understand that Subway wouldn't be anybody's main choice, but that's the point. It's like you're going into a bland place to get an even blander thing, like, as bland. As can, I, can I get the gray with a uh, little beige on the side? 
You know, it's like, fuck off. How have you never tried anything? So I've been trying to push myself to just like, anytime somebody's like, oh, like, here's this weird thing. I'm like, all right, fuck it. You know, because I mean, you learn a little bit more about yourself. I went through a long phase of my life thinking I didn't like hot sauce. Because when you're a kid, you know, you're either into it or you're not. And I wasn't. And then it's just like, I just assumed I was too, like, I couldn't handle it. And then, uh, you know, you grow up and you realize that you can. And it's like, why base everything off the thing that happened the one time? You know, some things are worth a second chance. And uh, in this case, I just mean, you know, eat some fucking shit, (laughs) you fucking stupid bitch. So, yeah, take that however you want to take that. Just don't come crying to me. A little messy. Um, yeah, I mean, I told you we had a lot to cover. Boy, hasn't this just been riveting? Um, you know, there's a whole lot going on with the whole Iowa thing right now. And all I'm saying is, if everybody's fucking rigging this thing for Bernie to lose already, then I'm going to be fucking pissed. So, somebody just give this guy the thing. Because everybody who disagrees is clearly wrong and stupid. And, uh, that's as political as I'm going to get. So everybody just leave that alone and uh, carry on about your day. Don't come crying to me, little missy. (laughs) That's my new reoccurring bit. I'm just going to say it every 10 seconds going forward. And, uh, you know, hopefully I'll be the next Larry the Cable Guy by default. Because apparently all it takes to make it as a comedian is to have a stupid fucking catchphrase. That's right, I'm talking to you, Larry. What's your real name? I'm sure I could look it up, but I don't fucking care to because you're a piece of shit. I'm just kidding. You're probably a great guy. But, uh, God, your character sucks. And, uh, you milked the fuck out of it. So, congratulations. You're probably a millionaire. And here I am sitting at a little table. Talking to nobody. So. And, uh, if at any point in the future you're listening to this and you're like, man, I'm not nobody. Um, just keep in mind that at this point in time, nobody listens to this. At the time of its recording, I have uh, no listeners and no subscribers, and I'm only on YouTube because uh, it's free. Uh, Even though there's no video and it's just audio, think about how much that makes sense, everybody. What are you going to do? You know, hosting sites are expensive. I got a lot of loans to pay. So, remember that, kids. I love you. Maybe uh, this will be the turning point going forward, and I'll just go viral off of my uh, Larry the Cable Guy diss track, because it's been a long time coming, Larry, you know. Um, I think that what you did to my family and what your what your family did to try to cover it all up um, is pretty disgraceful, because uh, I can't believe you stole my peanut butter restaurant chain idea. <laughs> Um, uh, the second part to that idea, though, I will continue, <laughs> I will continue this anyway, um, is, like, I'd have a bunch of those carts going around the city, and then, like, if maybe there's, like, one stand that's, like, the main hub, but then, like, oh, uh, we got them over here today, like, oh, if you're in this area, the cart's coming around, you know, like, if it became, like, popping, and it's like, oh, I gotta get a fucking fuck, oh, but yeah, my peanut butter to jelly ratio is like I'll go through like three jars of peanut butter to like every one jar of jelly at best. It might be more. It might be like five. 
if we're being honest. I don't really know. I've I've been telling myself to try to monitor it for years, and I just never have. And I think that I'd be a little disappointed in the <laughs> in the results, and maybe that's why I just haven't committed to it. But that's all right. Oh, and uh, I completely forgot to mention. Um, we started the show off with the Super Bowl. Forgot to talk about the halftime show. Um, as a football fan, I'm never one to really give a shit about the halftime show. Like, I'll, I'm going to watch it. You know what I mean? All I'm doing is Super Bowl while it's on. And I'm going to watch, you know what I mean? I'm going to like pay attention to the commercials because it's like a thing you're supposed to do in which, you know, like people are paying a lot of money for these things. So it kind of makes sense. It's like the highest budgeted commercials you'll ever see. So they're either going to be fucking awesome or like flops effectively. It's almost like if somebody dropped a $200 million movie and then it made like $90 million at the box office. That's kind of the thing. Of like if your Super Bowl commercial sucks, it's like you really fucked that up. And so, yeah, like, I'll, I'll pay attention to them a little, like, you know what I mean? Because it's, like, part of the whole event. Um, but I'm purely watching it from a football standpoint. So, like, the halftime show is usually kind of a bummer to me because it extends halftime longer. And I just, like, kind of want to watch more football. But I will say it was pretty great. You know, Shakira throwing it back. Uh, Hips Don't Lie was at one point, like, when it came out, it was on the radio. It was all I knew as a child was the radio, and uh, we didn't really have other options, like LimeWire <laughs> was going on, but th- you weren't really just, like, re- listening to records, you know what I mean? Like, you either had a CD and, like, a way to play that CD somewhere, or you just didn't. So, radio hits, uh, I still understood as a thing. I definitely don't understand them now. I I mean, even if a kid's, like, six wouldn't they already know how to find music somewhere else but whatever it was a different time but apparently still isn't because pop keeps coming through uh it's not really an issue for right now but uh that song was great still is great so i'm glad that i found it through those means and uh yeah it was absolutely my favorite song for a brief stretch i was in like fifth or sixth grade i believe and uh so seeing her was great um, haven't kept up, so glad to see she's still kicking it, still rocking it, still has the moves. Um, uh, as well as JLo, which apparently everybody knew via Hustlers, which I haven't seen. Well, I mean, everybody knew it anyway. I also clearly knew that she would still have moves, but, uh, definitely, like, that was, like, a Hustlers-themed, like, stage setup, which was pretty cool, and then, like, they had, like, the political elements in there, which was dope. Everything about it, it was great, so... Let's keep that going. Um, I, I wonder how involved, if entirely or if not at all, if it was already set up for like the whole like Rock Nation thing running it. Because um, if Jay Z had a big hand in that or like his team or whatever, then bravo to them and I'm super glad that that deal got made and we can continue to watch cool shit like that happen going forward. Because um, we definitely had that whole dad rock period, which was just super bizarre. When you think about it, because, like, every halftime show ever was always, like, who's hot, right? I mean, I I don't really know. I guess Michael Jackson has, like, that really famous, had, like, the really famous one in the 90s. But it's, like, he's, like, the biggest guy there is. And then, like, I just remember one year, like, The Who played. It's, like, they're not even American. What are they playing halftime in a football game for? 
I don't know if that's a good rationale for why the Who shouldn't be playing, but, like, they shouldn't, just no matter what. They're, like, 70 years old, you know? Springsteen at least, like, put a lot of energy behind it, and, like, he, I'm pretty sure he's a football guy, right? Plus, he's the fucking boss. Like, you know, that's a whole other level. I don't know. Um, And, like, when Prince did it, like, that was also really cool. It wasn't all dad rocky. Maybe the Who was the only year when it was really like that. But, I mean, Springsteen kind of counts for that, too, I think. Um, but, yeah, so hopefully we see a lot of cool ones going forward. I I mean, last year's was awful. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, they clearly just threw Travis Scott on there because it felt right. And uh, they didn't set him up for success in there at all. And, like, I, I don't know. I've met one person who likes Maroon 5, and he was my... He was in college. Um, We worked for my very, very, very first job. It was just like a summer gig um, painting the exterior of houses. It was brutal. The ladders were tall. We made minimum wage because it was for the whole company's thing was... It was like a almost like an internship program, I would guess. So like, like you kids got credits or whatever, but they were in college and they had to like manage their own business or whatever, like for a summer. And so his job was to like manage us, like me and my boy. Like that was it. There was like two other dudes, but they like stopped showing up or whatever, and we were like the only ones doing it. Then they wouldn't. Then like the initial check didn't go through, like. We worked for three weeks and we still weren't getting paid. It's like, dude, we definitely didn't miss the paycheck window. You know what I mean? Like, if we were in the middle of the pay period the first week, whatever, but, like, clearly we're not now. So I stopped showing up until, like, the checks came. So it was just, like, my boy painting by himself. And uh, I kind of felt bad about ditching him, but I also wasn't going to just keep painting people's houses for free. It was grueling. We had to get up at 6 in the morning. Ugh. It was awful, which is, like, not a thing for me anymore. But, like, when back then, you know, you're in high school and it's the summer and it's like, oh. I think it was the summer right after we we graduated. So, I don't know. It was a weird time. But, uh, yeah, our manager was a huge dork. Didn't really know what he was doing. Um, We, and, uh, yeah, he loved Maroon 5. It was the only personal thing I think he told us ever was that like he wasn't going to be at work on like a Monday or something <laughs> because he loved Maroon 5 too much. And he eventually stopped showing up. He was like, yeah, I'm just going to manage you guys like until I feel you're good. And then, uh, yeah, I'll just show up whenever you need me. <laughs> and it was literally like we had all the supplies and did we would go full days painting people's houses with like no interruption. So it was just me and my boy having fun. Uh, shout out to Matt. Love you for life. Uh, and yeah, it w- it was honestly it ended up being a ton of fun. But that that's back to what I've talked about before, where I look at everything fondly because it was terrible. I hated it. We we made no money, and it was grueling hours. And like we weren't good at it. Also, like there was no training. You just showed up and started painting, and I did a horrible job. Um, I'm not good on ladders. I found out. Uh, they're terrible. Forty foot. The forty footer was the worst thing that ever happened to me. I clung to that thing. I just remember putting all my weight up against it, basically hugging that thing, and just being like, "Dude, I, I need to get off of here." And I think I had to use like an electric like spray gun to paint it, 
or whatever those are called and like i couldn't do it right because then i also had to like avoid the windows and like the roof because it was a peak and it was like oh my god why am i here um so yeah not worth don't ever paint exterior for minimum wage because i'm pretty sure you're supposed to make like a lot of money to do that and uh we didn't make any and, yeah, we had to do, like, these, like, mansions in Arlington Heights. Where are Jimmy G's from? So maybe I painted Jimmy G's childhood home. Who knows? That would be exciting. I would love to find out. Uh, if anybody in the Garoppolo household had their house painted, uh, <laughs> like, seven years ago, um, please call in, you know, or whatever. There's no way for you to call in. But, fi- you know, get in touch. Rockfatpodcast at gmail.com, you know. Let me know what's up. Uh, <laughs> you know, we can reminisce. I can tell you, like, what we fucked up and what we did. But, I mean, we mostly did, so. <coughs> Excuse me, sorry. Uh, no, just kidding. We ended up doing pretty solid jobs. There's, like, little spots here and there where it was like, okay, fuck this. Uh, which is something that I probably wouldn't do now. Uh, but that's okay. I mean, when you're fucking hiring, when you're hiring the company where the manager is in college, <laughs> and, like, the workers are in high school to paint your house. You're probably not paying that much. You probably don't care about how good it is. You're just like, fuck it. I'll get a cheap paint job, you know. I don't care if it's half-assed. Like, that's a lot of work, you know, and I'm paying for shit. Like, you know, I respect that move. But uh, anybody, if you if you hire that service and you're like, what the fuck? This wasn't professionally incredibly well done. It's like, oh, well, you maybe should have saw that coming. That's all I'm saying there. Uh but no disrespect to my fine customers that I never met. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I think I'm going to wrap this one up. I think that I've, if I've learned anything from what is now episode four, it's that I'm getting more comfortable, which is great. Um, but I had some pretty sol- I had a way more of a solid outline last episode, and I think that flowed a lot better. Uh, so I'll try to ha- I'll try to be a little more prepared on the next one and hopefully all going forward. But uh, some days you might get a little ranty out of me. And that's what we did today. We just had a little fun. So hope you like it. Um, As of right now, like I said, (laughs) still just doing the YouTube thing. But uh, if for some reason I get any current listeners, there may be some changes to that coming soon. Might be in a little bit more of the commonly accessible podcast spaces going forward uh, pretty soon. I'm looking into it. Uh, So watch out for that. Uh, I'll keep everybody posted. And uh, always remember, I are fat, you are fat, we are fat. Thank you. Calculator.